0: Caution, learning in progress. Hello, and welcome into Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and this is the podcast brought to you by Precision Planning that focuses to make our listeners, who are largely our, our dealer network, smarter every season, right? We're looking to bring on people from around our business, have in-depth conversations about what we're working on, what makes us tick, the things that we've learned, and just looking to share those things. And uh, I'm joined today by, by Paul Harms. Hello and welcome. And I am really excited about the guest that we have today.
1: Yeah, this was a brainstorm. This, is, this episode's going to release right prior to Christmas, and this was as Tyler and Hans and Nolan and I were sitting around, we wanted to think of some, something and someone that we could find a way to celebrate the season and give our thanks and, and pass along the gratitude that we have. And we were thinking about different guests, and the guest today is Brad Arnold. Couldn't think of anybody better. So, Brad, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Paul and Tyler, great to be with you guys. Really, really thankful to be a part of the, part of your last episode for 2020. And I think we are all ready to say goodbye uh, to <laughs> 2020 <laughs> for all the good that it was and all the frustration that it brought as well. So I uh, so, no, appreciate being with you guys today.
1: So Brad, can you introduce yourself and tell a little of your progression, your history, your touch to precision planning for any of the dealers who might have come on more recently, or just as a reminder for some of us longer time folks?
2: Yeah, you bet. You bet. So um, yeah, I joined uh, Greg and John back in 2009 in January. So I'm coming up on uh, 12 years uh, of of my connection to, to precision planning. Um, I, le- I had left Caterpillar and really a career in, in accounting or finance and uh, totally switched uh, careers, uh, not only to, to uh, get out of you know, kind of uh, commo- what I call commodity manufacturing and finance to to jump into an ag career in in, in sales and in business development. And, uh, you know, Greg took a big chance in hiring a, a schmuck like me. Um, you know, my first, I, I've actually recounted a, a little bit to uh, some folks um, at Agco this week as we talk about customer centricity and what that means to Agco talked about my first week, which essentially was National Farm Machinery Show. And so you dump this accountant, uh, Greg did, in uh, the middle of a farm show with a white shirt on and, and uh, my khaki pants, of course, and uh, sat next to you, Paul, probably a little bit and, and listened and uh, tried to learn as much as I could. And, and uh, you know, gosh, now 12 years later to think about what in the world would I have done if I would never, uh, never had a chance to jump into into the ag industry and, you and, uh, ultimately serve you know who i, I kind of referred to uh in a thanksgiving post i put on linkedin is is the best customer of any industry uh that i think anybody could serve uh you know in the ag industry here our farmer customer is is a is such a, a fantastic person to serve and that if you just say uh, do what you said you were going to do and you deliver value to them and you you know, come under, uh, you know, come onto their farm and be a trusted advisor, uh, which our dealers, you know, are, are, are passionate about doing, um, you know, man, they are, they are just such loyal customers. And so, you know, again, it's been 12 years. I spent uh, the first four or five, uh, really trying to build up our international business. Uh, and then as, uh, we were sold to Monsanto, um, and, uh, you know, Greg and and John moved on. I took over as as uh, general manager of Precision the last five years as we kind of went through the transition of you know being integrated in, in with the Climate Corp. As uh, you know, we were tried to uh, to be sold to John Deere and then ultimately sold to to Agco. You know, kind of manage the team as we went through all of that transition and um, you know to to been able to hand that off uh, to Justin Kaufman and. Justin McMenemy and the rest of the leadership team two years ago, uh, as I, as I left to come down here to Agco, um, you know, to, to be able to transfer and see the business continue to grow in, in the way that it has, uh, literally is a highlight of my career. Um, you know, you guys have just done such a phenomenal job, uh, not just the, the precision team, obviously, but, but you guys are dealer network in, uh, in growing our impact and, and solving problems for farmers. So. Anyway, hope hope that catches you up to speed. I won't, you know, we'll probably get into what I'm doing at Agco a little bit later. But, uh, um, you know, just uh, just love, love, love Precision Planning, and, and uh, feel grateful to have been a part of it. And
1: that was a that was a pretty strong compliment to to who you are and to the culture that you and Greg and John and Justin have nurtured and, and built here in Precision Planning from our dealers within our within our walls as well. That has your predecessor for that role moved on, moved up, that you were tapped above, uh, you know, to, to to step into that role and, and, and fill those shoes?
2: Yeah, no, I, you know, I think that the culture that, um, you know, really started at precision planning is essentially farmers creating solutions for farmers. Uh, it's just, it's just second nature. Um, and certainly that started with the Souter family, but um, you know, I think what Greg did is found folks like Derek Souter, um, folks like Justin Cook, folks like Jeremy Hodel and Ben Schliff, uh, Paul, yourself, um, you know, that, that have been in the egg industry since they were kids with their family and, you know, who better to be passionate about, um, you know, serving our customer and solving problems for them than, than, uh than folks that have, that have literally grown up doing that. And so the unique thing, you know, really as you, as you talk about that, uh, Paul is our, is the culture, um, where you don't have to talk about customer centricity, uh, the way that other companies do because it's just natural. It's just part of the DNA. It's part of the fabric. Ultimately, it's part of the culture. Um, and to inspire, uh, an organization or keep it an org- organization inspired, to do just that is, is really easy. You know, and the interesting thing is as the business has grown, you know, we've got over 400 employees now, you know, serving at precision planning and and a dealer network globally. That's, you know, probably another couple thousand even, Um, you know, so as you grow and grow and grow uh, the tough thing is, is to continue to keep that connection to the farm and that ultimately the passion uh, to the farm and, and somehow, you know, I think because it's just become second nature to all of us, uh, you know, I was able to, to, to keep that culture alive. Justin uh, and the team have been able to keep that culture alive. And it's something I have a ton of confidence in that will continue. Um, and it has continued even through the ownership of, of, of several different companies who are the end stakeholder, you know, of the business. And so, uh, yeah, what a, what, a unique, what a unique opportunity and a unique place.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it both from from the leadership within Precision but also the uh the tight relationships that we've built with our dealers and and the close conversations we have with them. Uh when you get that close with with such a great group of guys and and ladies, they'll call you out if you if you don't. And then we've got the relationship where they feel comfortable uh to to challenge us when we need it and and keep our focus where it's where it's supposed to be. So I would 100% agree with that.
2: Yeah. I mean, Paul today, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably less frequent than it was a year ago, but, um, you know, Thanksgiving, I got, I got probably 10 or 15 texts from dealers. Um, <laughs> you know, and I haven't been around for, I haven't been around for two years. Uh, but you know, folks wishing me a happy, uh, Thanksgiving, um, you know, uh, actively mentioning, Hey, we've been praying for you and your family in the transition. Um, you know, it's, It's it's really way beyond you know what what people in the business would call a commercial relationship, and it's a family. And uh, you know, there's nothing that makes me smile brighter than when I wake up in the morning and you know I get a text from a dealer uh, that hey, I just been thinking about you. I hope you and your family are well. Uh, You know, and and, uh, again, it's time time doesn't change. Uh, You know those those bonds are are tight, and uh, it's what's allowed. Um, you know, two independent businesses, that is our dealers uh, with precision planning to operate with such high levels of trust. Uh, And it's really that trust relationship and that understanding that, you know, hey, we're going to design solutions that really solve problems. We're going to make sure that those solutions have a payback to your customer, you know, in a year or less. um, And you're going to make some money selling it. and we're going to support you, knowing that we're solving problems quickly. And we're probably not going to get it perfect the first time, but doggone it, we're going to stand behind you. So don't be bashful. You know, go proudly to your customer. Uh, you know, uh, treat them as as uh, you know you you would um, you know somebody you really care about, as opposed to somebody you want to just sell something to. To say this is good for you. This is a, this is a tool that's going to improve your farming operation and bring you know dollars to the bottom line. Uh, you know, and, and, uh, again, having a company like Precision, um, with a relationship like we do to our channel, um, to where that, that, that there's just trust that we're going to, we're going to win together. Um, you know, and it, again, it's evident to me uh, for these texts that I continue to get from, uh, you know, from people here these years later. Um, uh, so it's, it's really, it's really fun.
1: That's, that's awesome for us to hear. I, I still get them and, and I, I love getting those, um. We have a great network of guys that, that really challenge us to keep getting better. And, and yeah, that's what makes things, makes it, makes it fun to get up out of bed and get, get driving in. I'm not a morning person. So that, that, that start to the day for me is always a challenge, but not because of where I have to go during the day. It's just trying to clear the fog. Um, want to switch uh, transition a little bit and just get, so you mentioned earlier the mess or the the chaos is probably a better word that that was the year of 2020. Um, You are definitely at a different vantage point within the ag industry than I think a lot of our listeners are. Can you provide some, some viewpoint or just some, some history of the year from your vantage point?
2: Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) That maybe says it all. (laughs) Where to start? You know, my, here in my home office that i've sat in since march 13th every working day since march 13th i think i had about four days off this year where we took a little little break and and uh you know we live down here in, in uh, near atlanta just northeast of atlanta we were about four hours from the coast so we took a little trip down to the coast for about four days but otherwise i wake up at five in the morning i come down to my office and uh, i sit on conference calls and um, you know there's dogs barking as the as the uh, you know Amazon uh, drivers show up all all day long, and uh, you know that that to me is what 2020 has been oh. <laughs> um, as as part of the egg industry here in Duluth, uh, you know Georgia. However, when you look at um, you know how did how did COVID affect our our uh, our dealers and our customers? You know, I think for for the biggest. Part of the year that we care about the planning season, you know, there was a lot of, I think, hype, um, a lot of fear, uh, but for the most part, from an operational perspective, you know, we were still able to safely ship product out. We were still able to, um, you know, uh, service uh, planners and and uh, provide the, you know, the parts that were needed, etc. I think, I think overall. You know, 2020 planning season, at least from my vantage point, maybe maybe you guys are closer feel differently, but it went really well. You know, July we thought, oh, gosh, you know, okay, we can can lighten up a little bit. Now, J.B. Pritzker in Illinois, Paul and Tyler, where you guys are at, (laughs) has been a little bit more restrictive. (laughs) You know, things have been a little tighter up there. Um, But, you know, Governor Kemp down here basically said, you know, after April 15th, ah, heck with this, you know, let's open her back up. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, but it, it really has been the last three or four months, you know, through the election, um, through, uh, the spike in, in COVID cases. And to be quite honest, through things like even something that precision planning has <laughs> struggled to uh, talk about this, but the precision planning family experience, uh, by losing a spouse of one of our, one of our engineers, uh, who is healthy and, thir- you know, nearly 30 years old, you realize this thing can affect anyone, right? And so it's not something that we should take lightly. Um, you know, overall the rates are, you know, low, but doggone it for, for a data point of one, it's everything, right? And so, you know, I guess what, what you know, I've realized is, uh, you know, we need to be safe. Um, we need to be cautious. And I think, I think precision operationally has done a great job with that. You know, we were just talking before, before we went live about how are we supporting, you know, uh, dealers and customers, you know, we only have a quarter of the, of the people in the building at any one time. And so we're a little less efficient, but for the most part, um, we're finding, you know, that, that technology is closing the gap. Um, you know, this podcast here, you know, is an example of, in the absence of being able to do face-to-face trainings more regularly and more, uh, you know, planner clinics and things like that, that we've got to find, you know, unique ways like this uh, to stay connected, uh, to keep our dealer our dealers informed, and, and even you know what this is today is to try and keep them inspired, um, you know that the that the culture is alive and well and and uh, you know that precision planning is who precision planning has been. And, uh, you know, in a, in a time where you're disconnected, um, you know, these digital tools are really enabling us to both stay connected as well as be effective, you know, in, in, uh, in, in doing our work. So, you know, I, I'd say digital enablement, um, you know, really is kind of the key advancement um, that, that we've seen in the ag industry. And it's really, you know, if I talk about Agco for just a minute, it's really going to be a key enabler for our future. And um, I think we've forced adoption uh, both um, to our dealers as well as to our end users, our, our farmer customers uh, of a lot of digital solutions this year that makes it easier um, as we create new things in the future.
1: Do you have any expectations of what you see, you know, the more, the heavier use of digital tools, is there going to be some significant shifts in the, in the industry over the next year that you can, expect to see or foreshadow?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, things like, uh, telemetry, you know, precision planning has been doing quote unquote telemetry for a long time. Um, you know, from the first time we put the, you know, iPad in the cab with field view, um, you know, we were getting, uh, access to information in the cab remotely and, you know, being able to, uh, you know, Paul, you Tyler and the team able to, to diagnose problems, uh, in a more efficient way. And, Yeah, so I think telemetry is going to continue to expand um, so that more and more of our fleet is connected and uh, our customer's fleet is connected. And then what do we do with that information? You know, the the big thing that, you know, I'm excited about is uh, getting to a place where you can be predictive and proactive in support. Um, You know, as error codes are coming and, and more sensors are being added to things like tractors and And combines and and sprayers, um, you know, larger piece of equipment that are a little more complicated to support that we can actually start to have, uh, planned downtime, uh, because we can predict when issues are going to happen. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, connected machines is key, uh, what we do with the information on those connected machines. And then ultimately, you know, um, you know, the ever smarter every season really started with smart smart farmer and how do we how do we help farmers make better decisions with the data that's already been you know been collected uh, for years how do we make that easier to access more real time higher resolution and then once we have that you know what are the decision support tools um, you know ultimately that we can create that, that will give us a different insight into what hybrids what traits what um, you know, uh, seeds to plant, how to protect those crops, how to feed those crops, et cetera. Uh, you know, so I, I think it's just an acceleration of, you know, a little bit of the path that we're already on. Um, but we haven't shifted, you know, uh, that, to that next generation, at least in the U.S., to where, um, you know, it's the millennials making the decisions. Um, and so it's actually kind of forcing the adoption of the uh, you know kind of the older farm generation, to leverage the technologies that uh, that I think everybody's been working on.
1: Yeah, the adoption rate of of the older generations is interesting to me. Um, my father, I still struggled to have him navigate anything on his phone, and yet I can I can remember the shock I experienced the first time my grandfather Facetimed me <laughs> live out of the blue. So. Um, <laughs> I think it's all just in in what they're being what they're being asked to do or what they they have a drive to do
0: was he yeah as, exactly was he as shocked as you were no he first was, time he,
1: oh he intended he, to. he intended to okay uh, he, was, he, <laughs> was, he was he was completely ecstatic of hey Paul I uh um, I found this new thing where I can look at you while we talk and I was like that's awesome grandpa it's it's one o'clock on a Tuesday, I'm going to meet you. Thought something might not, might be wrong. You're ninety years old. I got to take every phone call you. Get. So, no, those are great. Um, hey, uh, on a on a personal note, there, Brad, I always got a great enjoyment out of what book are you reading? Because you always you've got a wide range. I know you've said it's been a hectic year, but what books are what books are on your shelf right now?
2: That's, that's hilarious. I literally, you know, right next to my desk, I've got a basket and, um, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be fully transparent. Okay. So, so nobody makes fun of Brad. Um, there's, there's four books, uh, that are, that are on my list. And I, for some reason I can't find the fourth one where to go out oh, there it is. So the first one, seven principles for making marriage work, awkward pause, silence here. Who's the so Who's the Amy man? and I, <laughs> John Gottman, Okay. John Gottman. And this is a little commercial, right? Uh, a lot of married folks out there. Uh, Paul, Tyler, Tyler yeah, you guys yeah, married. Yeah. So uh, Amy, I had our 27th anniversary this year. Congratulations. Uh, the last two years. Thank you. The last two years of trans, you know, we lived our entire lives in Central Illinois. And, and uh, um, you know, gosh, this has been a, a, a challenge as we transition. And to do that during covid so, you know, we did just as a refresher, uh, the seven principles for making marriage work every Saturday morning, we will and go through another chapter and, um, you know, be proactive. We talked, we just talked about preventative maintenance, right. With tractors and sprayers, be proactive in your marriage. Uh, that's what Amy and I are doing with that book. Uh, next book, the truth about employee engagement by Pat Monsigno. I just finished this one last week. Um, really, really good book. Uh, the fable about addressing the three root causes of job misery, um, you know. So uh, Pat Lencioni is a, you know, one of my favorite authors, and he talks about uh, three things: um, irrelevance, immeasurement, and gosh, what's the third one? Put me on the spot here.
1: I did. I completely blindsided you with the book question.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, really good book about you know, some simple ways to keep your employees engaged. And, um, you know, I would encourage every dealer who's got, you know, uh, some employees. Uh, Pat Lencioni is always a good one. And that, that book has is, is done really good for me.
1: Yeah, I find Pat Lencioni is, is very um, palatable to those that don't normally get into a business style book because he almost always writes in a very fable or, or story platform. Uh, so it makes the, makes the lesson very easy to, to consume.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a slow reader and I got through that one in a week. And uh, yeah, exactly as you just described. Um, The one I'm taking my time with, a guy named Henry Nallen. um, uh, a book called With Open Hands. So this is kind of a book on prayer. And, uh, you know, this, this is one that is one of those that you you talk about smarter every season. I've got a, a mindset of trying to get smarter every day, or at least get better every day. And, uh, you know, this book by Henry Nowen has been, uh, been key for that, uh, key for me in that in that regard. Uh, one of the funnest books I've gotten this year, this actually came to me via Tom Brubaker. So thank you, Tom. Uh, Shout Shot this through Amazon Prime last week. It showed up on my desk. It uh, showed up at my house. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to like, uh, you know, the taste of bourbon a little bit since I moved down here. You've and uh, so... Used.
0: Go on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. So everybody who, who knows anything about bourbon understands who Pappy Van Winkle is. Um, and uh, this is a new book called Pappy Land by Wright Thompson. And essentially, it's a, it's a little story of how, uh, you know, this ESPN author, Wright Thompson, uh, got to know uh, Julian Van Winkle III, who's the, the current shepherd of the, the Van Winkle brands um, of bourbon uh and uh i'm i'm learning all kinds of things about the the aristocrats in kentucky which maybe some of our dealers uh you know understand all too well uh in the uh the horse industry down there as well as the bourbon industry so this one's kind of a fun one that i'm i'm just diving into here this week so so that was more than you asked for no that's awesome. you asked the question so no
1: that's awesome <laughs> i love getting the book recommendations and knowing where where everybody's reading and um i I think Tyler even is going to pick up that Pappyland one. That sounds uh, right up his alley. Yeah, I
0: might have a to really, swing, really good book. Swing by Tom's it, office it, there and see if he's got a
2: <laughs> copy. Exactly. It, it, you know, the F word was was uh, I think at least on three pages in the first ten. So you know, it's not for the faint of heart. So <laughs> it's just for uh, the underage readers out there, I just want to make a a real good disclaimer there. That one
1: might have <laughs> a. Uh, d- don't read the book until you can buy the drink.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, just to keep things tidy and short or, or on a reasonable time, um, part of the, the main goal around this episode was to to share our gratitude and, and bring a, a unique interview in and to kind of have a fun conversation, but a lot of it being around the gratitude towards our listeners, uh, what they enable us to do and and how we get to serve them. And I know from Tyler and I, we could we could – a monologue around that pretty long but this is this is your opportunity brad would you like to help us share some holiday wishes to our to our listeners
2: oh uh, absolutely absolutely maybe i'll just start with just a couple kind of highlights um you know from the year and uh you know this is this is centered around precision uh in terms of kind of outcomes but um i think it also is uh, reflective of how your you know you as our dealers businesses probably achieved outcomes as well but you know twenty twenty is a record year for precision planning you know and and a, a lot of record uh, sales at at uh, at your dealerships as well. and so you know we continue to grow our business globally. Uh, we continue to grow our business through new product introduction, you know and I know uh, Force was uh, you know just a tremendous you know new product for us this year. we're excited about smart depth uh, hitting hitting the fields next year as well. and so Um, You know, just just celebrate uh, continued growth. Um, If you look at the rest of our peers in precision agriculture, they've had some growth this year. You know, and a lot of you represent some of the brands, so you know this better better probably than I do. But the history of the last 10 years has not been one of growth. It's been one of essentially flatness. And so, um, you know, the, the, the key to, you know, your success and our success is that we continue to identify new problems to solve. Uh, and bring new solutions to it, and I think I think the team has been really successful at it at um, it, it, it creating those solutions. But you know, I say I used to say this every year at winter conference: you guys are the ones that take it the last mile to the farm <laughs> to be able to educate somebody why they've got to take something off of their planter uh, or combine and put uh, this new technology on in its place is only done because of your relationship with your customer uh, and because of the confidence that you have in precision that we actually solved that problem um, and your ability to, uh, to support them as they as they run. and, and what have you found? Um, you found that the next time we come out with something, uh, they're the first ones in line uh, as they will be for smart um, to say, hey, I want that. And so you know it's just this this flywheel as we call it that just keeps turning you know, driving your success, driving our success together. And we're, we're really, really thankful uh, that you guys just continue to, uh, to support your, your customers in that way. Um, we're really thankful that um, even in the midst of COVID, you still brought a lot of folks out to the PTI farm. That's still a big investment on our part. That's still a commitment. Uh, we believe on-farm research is where we prove the value of our solutions. Um, we help you prove the value to, the, to, to your customers. Uh, and it's also where we're finding out, you know, more weak links uh, that we can address uh, in the future as well. So really thankful for Jason and, and the intern team and, and all the hard work that goes on at PTI and for your confidence and, and willingness to invest in bringing folks there. And, and uh, we really hope in, in 2021 uh, we can get back uh, more of you in the field with this there. You know, we started this mantra um, probably six years ago at least. Uh, that we want to be the easiest company to do business with. You know, I think you guys wake up every day and have uh, ten to fifteen logos on your truck, perhaps some of you only have a few, but some of you have ten to fifteen. Uh, we recognize that we've got to we've got to win your mind share. We've got to win your business and and really uh, in in order to do that, our products certainly need to be innovative, but we also have to be simple to do business with. and so, uh, you know, we've been working behind the scenes this year. Uh, we launched the new payment portal, uh, improved um, some new systems uh, in the Morton Distribution Center as well to make sure that our shipping accuracy is good and that we've got things labeled correctly and that that you guys are able to to, to, to quickly take inventory. Uh, you know, get systems installed, know where your parts are, and, and, and all of those things that uh, that you count on um, for us to be easy to do business with. So we we believe that that's something we've we've uh, continued to strive for and i hope that you're seeing that on your end as well and also you know hey we had to move virtual like we said this year for training and uh, we had a record number of people participate in the virtual trainings this year and you know training is so important that you feel fully equipped uh to be able to go to the field uh not just to be able to support product obviously but to be able to have confidence when you're selling it as well and so uh that virtual training was uh, a great a great pivot on the part of our our product support team paul you and tyler and the rest of the team so i'm really thankful for your your initiative with Caleb uh to to make those shifts this year uh and support our dealers um at the end of the day you know what i'm thankful for is uh for some commodity price uh increases for our customers um really guys we've got to continue to figure out ways uh, to help our our customers um, win in a in a very long drawn out tough market, and I think I, I see the the light at the end of the tunnel. I think twenty twenty for for our U S farmers uh, is going to be a is going to be a profitable year. Um, I think commodity prices are are going to be strong. Um, we'll hope for uh, you know smooth smooth sailing from a planning perspective. And um, man, I, I can't wait to get to. This time in 2021, and see the difference a year will make. So, with that, let me just say thank you once again, dealers, for for a great year and for your continued confidence in us, your commitment to us, and uh, ultimately your commitment to to your customers. And um, let's let's do it. Let's get after it and have a great uh, 2021. I hope you guys have a great holidays.
1: I'm going to add my uh, best Christmas wishes and happy holidays to everyone. I'm going to steal some lines from a co-worker here in-house, he shared recently a um, truly blessed, I'm going to read it off here, I'm truly blessed to be part of a team and part of an environment, and that would include who we work with as dealers and customers, that cheers each other on in the professional and the personal journey. I thought that was perfectly stated, and it's how I kind of want to end 2020 on the podcast of thank you and best wishes, happy holidays
2: happy holidays.
1: Yeah. I'll echo that.
0: And I think the thank you for me would just be around, I've been trying to find a way to kind of fit this in or say this, but just the overall grace that we have been given here in 2020. Um, and I don't just mean we precision planning, but I I feel like, you know, 2020 was what it was, right? It was challenges. It was COVID. It was things unexpected. And I think we worked really hard to pivot around that. I think our dealers saw that they worked hard to pivot around that. And so the grace that was given to try new things, to try a new training format, to know that we may be spread throughout the building, but we're going to try and get answers as quickly as we can. Uh, when guys are in the field, I just, I'm very grateful for that, for the grace that, that, that we were shown and, um, showed back. I think that was a, has been a really humbling thing to
1: say. So again, um, Thank you all so much for, for a great year. Yeah. With that again, happy holidays. We'll see you back in 2021. Thanks for listening as always.